With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Not going to waste any time. I'm going to get right into this with my main man, Dr. Evil, the Claw. This is more like the Claw. If you're watching on Facebook video, Bart Scott, the show's older brother, <laughs> holding an, it looks like a magic eight ball and sitting in an evil chair. I love it. What's up? What's up? I tell you what, what man, you're not the, like, Zion, Carmelo, LeBron aren't the only people that's coming out looking tr- in tremendous shape from this COVID stuff, man. You look like you look shaved off another baby, man. Yeah, Me? you look like you really? down like 10 to 12. I, I might uh, be. I might be. I had stages. I, I'm, I had the beginning of quarantine where I was eating yeah. everything. I was making pasta <laughs> twice a day because I was like teaching myself how to yeah. cook again. And then I went really hard the other way. It was like only eating vegetables. It's been weird, this process. Have you been eating? Well, like I started that? off um, guns a blazing, like going ahead and working out. Then I got bored and like, man, I just got mental fatigue because this COVID has gone on longer than we thought it was going to go. So then it's kind of yeah. like, man, again, it's like I wake up, I feel like um, Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. I'm just waiting for Ned Flanders. It's like my post, it's like my mailman. And he's coming to give me like the bills. Like, man, get the hell out of my face, man. That's been the hardest thing is like, if you do little repetitive things, like go get your mail or something yeah. like that. And you're having conversations with people that you were like, I don't, this, this can't be my only conversation with someone from the outside world today. You can't be it. And it's I realized, man, the more and more I'm home, cause I've never been home this much. I don't like my kids. And I just, I just realized it is like, man, I don't like my kids. Like I got to figure out. I figure what, what, what made you I realize figure that? Out a way to get out the house. They're annoying as hell. Let me get out of here. <laughs> no, I love it. Questions? What is it? I don't have I don't have kids. What is it? I don't know, man. Because I'm hearing the positive. Everyone's like, you know, I get to spend time with my family. But I also that was good the first two weeks. Like, oh man, we get to play Uno. We get to play Simon Says. Okay, let's go do this. I wake up literally with either uh, a Grumley or a Power Ranger up my ass every day. You know what I mean? I, I really want that. You know what I mean? Waking up, I don't know what time of day it is. Is it four o'clock? Is it three o'clock? It doesn't matter. It's the same damn day. Listen, it, one week I think I wore the same outfit 14 days straight. And then I and I felt bad, so I put it for 14 days. You wore it for right. one week, 14 days. <laughs> for one straight. week, I wore 14 days. <laughs> remember, remember, dude, you went into full Bernie Mac there. When, when, for the, a days, when the days are that long, it's like two days. It's morning and night. So one week is 14 days. And I, 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 I listen, and I think mm-hmm. it was this one. This was back in rotation. And I washed it like day six, and then I just put it back on. Dude, I that's been me. I did, I found runner shorts because they have like the little net in there, and I was like, this removes everything. I was like, it's everything I need in one in one article. Balling. Yeah, well, no, it had a net. It's a it's net, like but I'm it's like it's pool. like a carefree net. It's like it's like the swim trunks. With yes. the swim trunks already in it. I can't remember the last time I did a podcast. Like, man, I don't know. My fiance still gets dressed up. She'll come out like in full outfit, full That's makeup. You. That's she for you. Needs it. That's for you for it's... that for that for that for that spiced up quarantine sex. You know what I'm saying? Because if not, you know, you see her. She's got the makeup, got the hair pulled up. It's like, eh, I'm not interested. 
You know what I mean? So that's for that action. It's, I know. And I feel like I need to sprite, like, that's why I'll get dressed up. Cause I'm like, that's You just make sure you stretched out because all that crap you be talking, all the stuff we talk as men, like, oh man, yeah, I'm gonna tear it up again. But, oh, I gotta go to work. Now you're there. Now you gotta live up to those expectations. So you sit up there taking your maca pills, taking your horny go weed. You're saying you're saying that men's have been like, man, my wife, I would do, but yeah, I gotta oh, work man. a lot. Like, you, oh, that's man, the when excuse. I come back from work, I'm gonna get it back. See, because you that back to back don't go like it used to when you get over 30, you know what I'm saying? So you're like, <laughs> yo, I need to get it, then I need to take a nap, and then I wake up, give it to you in the morning, but then I can't go back to back in the morning. So now I got no excuse, I ain't running to work. So you want that action, I gotta I gotta start eating right. See, this is this is why I did zero preparation yeah. for this podcast. Like I did because I, you learn your lesson with certain people where you're like, see, I just like to hear Bart talk, and I think I'm just grab gonna that seat off, man. You'll be ready for um, that action, boss. You, you're a nut job. Um, radio show. How how different is it doing a radio show, not being there? Because like a lot of my stuff is interviews, but the rate, like how is, is it different at all? Or is it just doing You know pockets? what, it was an adjustment period, but that's basically what it is. And what you do is so you don't step over each other. It's like this right here. It's the face-to-face stuff. So it's like making sure that you have, you know, FaceTime with the phone and you're able to not step over each other. And you kind of get the same feeling that, you know, when you're in the studio. And, um, you know, me working mm-hmm. with my partner, Alan Hahn, you know, we've been able to get that chemistry early so that when we had, when we had awesome. that separation, Long as I can see his face, we can have that energy and that 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 energy that you need. Like me and you got energy now, it's because yeah. I can see your facial expressions. If I was doing that and I couldn't physically see you, I don't know if you're feeling what I'm saying, if you laugh or what. That's why. That's why for years I refused to do interviews without yeah. Skype. Back when like the technology sucked, because I was like, I was like, my relationship with athletes is letting them know that I got their back yeah. no matter what, and if all they hear is my yeah. my voice. I'm just another guy asking them questions and I need them to see me. He doesn't look like a douchebag. Exactly. You know who I was talking to earlier, Demario Davis, who I didn't realize was like under you as a rookie coming up under Rex. I had, I totally, I didn't realize he he was my backup man. it took him a while. Um, He's had a unique journey because he came in and he got the early praise from Rex about being the next Ray Lewis and nobody can live up to those expectations. He said, Rex said you know, Sometimes Rex go full tropical thunder, man. He went full, he went full, Rex man. went full simple jack. Way too early for, for DeMario and put that pressure on him. So then it, sometimes compliments like that really early are like the biggest haunting. Exactly. So he tried to live up to that, to that, to that, um, to those statements. And then he just had to find his way because I think his first stint with the Jets wasn't a good one. I didn't think he played well. I think he listened well. He had to learn how to follow before he can lead. You just kind of come into a league like the NFL and think that you're going to lead. Now, very few have been able to do that. The Ed Reeds of the world. Um, you think about maybe Aaron Donald, the Ray Lewis, the Jonathan Ogdens, you know, maybe the Patrick Petersons. But if you don't have early success and you haven't did anything yet, you can't come in talking. Sometimes you just got to shut up. He didn't understand mm. that. He thought he can come in and just start speaking. But when you speak all the time. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what. Talking to him today, it's because he has the yeah. leader gene. And so – he came in and he clearly has a, an amazing view of the world. And I, but I He's think in a, in a rook, in a, in a rookie in a locker room, the, the who speaks it's, it really, they do care about the percentages of the voices. Exactly. That you you got to think when he came there, I was already there. David Harris was there. Rebus was there. Cromarty was there. DeBrickershaw, Nick oh, Mangle wow. was there. Like, bro, we just need you to learn. We'll teach you how to be a leader. And it's, and, in the midst of AFC right, championship right. Two in a row. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, just come in, 
learn your way. And then, you know, I think he got humbled when they traded him and sent him to Cleveland. He went there for a year, then Cleveland got rid of him. Then he came back here and he struggled early in the season. But then I started to see him start to figure it out. And then he started to figure out, I think it was maybe his fifth year. And then they decided to not give him the money and go with Avery Williamson. And he went down to, to, to the Saints. And I feel that's where he found, that's where he found his voice, both on the field and off oh, the field. Oh, man. So now he's one of the most consistent players. Um, but now he has to understand he's in that rarefied air where I believe he's in like week, year seven. He got to be like in year seven. So I've been retired for seven years. I think he's eight. So year 10, right? Year eight. Well, he came out in 2012. Okay, so he's in year eight. So this is a pivotal year because if he has an injury or if he starts to slow down, maybe just a tad, they're going to start looking for his replacement about year 10. So he has two mm. more years where he has to prove it. And sometimes going somewhere else after that kind of refreshes it because you're not old to them. Oh, yeah. So he's in the second half in the back nine of his career. But I'm happy to see him become a, you know, a, a, a respected member. His brand is good, solid. Now he's getting the recognition. Yeah. Now he just got to add a couple of accolades to his resume. And, you know, that's tough because you you got some war daddies. Whenever you got um the, the kid out there in Seattle, he's always – he was like the Ray Lewis. He automatically – you, 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 Oh, yeah, you mean yeah, Bobby you, Wagner? You just pencil him in for Pro Bowl. So now, like, it's like it's not as limited spaces. You know what I mean? You just pencil him in because he's a Hall of Fame. Dude, I used to – I remember the first time that I was ever on sports radio. The year was, I want to say, 2000. I was 14 years old. And I called up a Philly radio station at 1 in the morning outside of a Wendy's with my two <laughs> friends because they were talking about – um. They were talking about Pro Bowls and linebackers. And I was calling to say that Jeremiah Trotter continuously gets screwed because London Fletcher has this perception that he's yeah. this great linebacker and Jeremiah Trotter's more impactful. And I, I, I'm fired up. I'm ready to call. And the guy goes, wait, how old are you? And I was like, 18. And he was like, what year did you graduate high school? And my brain oh. like didn't do the math and they wouldn't let me uh. on the air. And I was like, that was such a good take. And I was now, Jeremiah Trotter, to go back to your original argument, Jeremiah Trotter was an in-between the tackles guy because he didn't have the long speed to make plays sideline to sideline. Now, when you look at London Fletcher, he was a tackling machine because he had the range, maybe a little bit of a liability in pass coverage, but because he played on an era where it was more about running the ball. Trotter, Trotter was your, your, I don't want to say poor man's uh, Dante Hightower. But what it was. Was like, he was a thumper. He was a thumper. Yeah. He, but yeah, what happens he, is when London Fletcher was starting to lead the league, the league was changing. But that was back when the league cared about right. tackles. And now we don't give a shit yeah. about it anymore. And it's it, – you're tackling guys 12 yards down the field yeah. and your team is fucking 4-12. Yeah, and 12. yeah that's what care. you have to do. You, I want to I look at what your defensive rankings is. Because the easiest thing to get in sports is stats. You know what I mean? Anybody can get stats. Like, yeah. you, can get, you can get – I could have got 10 sacks a year, but I probably would have missed – on play action all the time. Like, it's just like when you, when you we think about Yeah, the- look, if I, like, when, when, there are, when there are defenses that dominate the NFL, I need, like, I need a guy from every level of yep. it on there because it's not what, like, and, 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 because my thing too is for people that impact the run, I, I do look at the team because they could be avoiding yeah. this guy. Like, I always hate when there's one cornerback that, like, six interceptions fell into his lap. Like, he jumped everything. Like, okay, you got – Like, yo, you got ten picks, but you gave up, like, eight bombs. Like, you know what I'm saying? What was the view of Asante Samuel? Because he was a gambler, but he also – He was a smart, educated gambler. 
Asante, he okay. he was a guy that were would bait you. It's a difference between gambling. It's a good different thing about changing your techniques. Like he'll turn his back so the quarterback think he's in man to man, and he'll he'll speed turn off, and, and it's a trap. You know what mm. I mean? So he was smart that way. He was smart at reading the steps of a quarterback. Who would you take, Asante in his prime or Marcus Peters in his prime? Asante, because Asante is, he has more okay. scheme versatility. Now, now Marcus Peters, he just a he just a riverboat gambler. He don't care. He don't apologize. Ooh, I love it. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like Delta. But he's so like I think he's a much better athlete than Asante. Yeah, Asante like Asante limited. could not play near yeah, the he, man to man. Yeah, he was, he was he was he was smart. What Asante was is what Sherman is. He's a smart, technically sound, savvy football player that can that can cheat because his football acumen. I think Marcus Peters just plays off instinct and what he thinks he sees, where he's not understanding the splits like maybe Asante Samuel. Asante Samuel was a guy like Sherman who tried to cheat things by reading the steps of the quarterback. Quarterback three steps drop, I know I can sit because I know it's a short route, and then it's a then it's a double right. pump, and it's a double move, and they catch you falling from that and the tail. That's what's, that's what's so incredible about Stephon Gilmore and somebody like yeah. Revis, where – they, they know your yeah. entire playbook and see the, see the they Graylands know all of your tells. See, they, 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 they like Ed Reed. The Ed, the Ed Reed Peyton yeah. Manning clip is the, the number one example he of all him, time. Right? He like, if I, if I open up quickly to the middle, Peyton's going to automatically read cover one, or, but I'm really cover two, but I'm going to run to the middle. And when Peyton thinks that he has that seam route because he has one-on-one, I'm going to speed turn and then go back to my cover mm. two landmark, and I'll be in position to make a play on the, on the football. I mean, we, I, I used to live that every day. I mean, that's – and I say this all the time. And When you're around greatness like that, is it hard to hear other people called great? It, it kind of is. I mean, because it's different levels to the greatness, right? And it's different – I think it's different wings of Hall of Fame. You know, I think that, you know, coming up, Troy Palomalo is going to go to the Hall of Fame. And he's very deserving of going to the Hall of Fame. But to mention Troy Palomalu in the same breath as Ed Reed, to me, it's disrespectful. Wow. Because it's a total. I have always put them above, uh, like, a lot of other people. It's like those two and Ronnie Lott and Brian Dawkins See, but for me. Ronnie Lott and, and Brian Dawkins the same type of player. It's, it's levels to this. You have to yes. say Ed Reed, the closest thing to Ed Reed, you got to say, when you think about safeties like Ed Reed type that can do both, you think about players like uh, Charles Woodson. You think about Rod Woodson. You think about guys that can play man-to-man coverage, which you think about Palomalo that was never a strength of his. They would hide him in coverage. Devin McCourty's up right. there in and my mind, too. that's because what? He's a former corner. But Devin, Devin yes. still has a lot, of, a lot of holes in it, and, but he's able to gamble because – Get back to this Reed Palomalo thing. That was, yeah. get, that's yeah, crazy. Because, because I hear that. Palomalo is like Jamal Adams, right? And Jamal is a dominant all-pro player. But to me, Jamal isn't the same player, doesn't have the same ceiling of a Duran James or Mika Fitzpatrick. Because when I think about my safety, I think about my safety being able to play in the box. I think about my safety being able to play man-to-man coverage. I think about my safety being able to be physical in the run. But I still think of my safety being able to get off the hashes, be able to play over the top of cover one, be able to grab the radar if they got a speedo come and grab it and replace the corner. I think of my safety being able to play quarters coverage. Every technique Air Reed was strong at. He didn't have a flaw. We didn't have to hide Air Reed in, in coverage. We didn't have to hide him in man to man. 
The Steelers hid yes, Troy Polamalu. What we just have to do, we should try. He was often because you got to think, what is the Steelers? The Steelers are Blitzburg, and Blitzburg is pretty much devised by. Uh, yeah, he was there right, in the, 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 like the, the true run yes, of the zone yes. blitz. Dick what Lebeau is zone era. blitz? Why do we always make fun? Of, why does Reeves always have a beef with Sherman? Because he's because he's over the top. So basically, he's playing zone, but it's on top zone, and it, and it turns to man to man down the field. So you know you got help. So if you're Sherman, you're only playing one route. It only turns man, so your job is to stay on top. So you're not falling for stutter steps. You're not falling for slant moves because if you do, you got the you got the insert safety playing the curl right there. That's not your position. Your your mm. position is the deep third. So when you think about Palomalu, what they should do is, in in and whenever you think about a zone scheme, you have seam flat, which seam flat can turn the seam becomes man to man. The flat, if your guy number two goes to the flat, you just basically playing zone to the to the flats. But you think about it, you got seam flat, three receiver hooks, seam flat. And sometimes you have the free man who's just playing on instincts that is free and he can do whatever he wants. He's reading the eyes of the quarterback. And, and so this will be Ed and this so will be So Troy true. is always the free man who really has no responsibility. And Ryan Clark was the guy that was forced to make him right. No matter what he did, you make sure you make him right. If he jumps something because he feels something that's a fake, make sure you lean over the top of Troy Palomalo. Or he's the three-receiver hook, which is basically what they devised for middle linebackers. So that's why Troy could play at the line of scrimmage because he knew all he had to do was drop between the hat. And what was Ed doing? What would Ed, Ed be is doing? baiting Peyton Manning on a speed turn, getting over the top and closing on, like, double pump moves to, to, to Dallas Clark or, or, or Marvin Harrison or Reggie Wayne. He's playing the whole field. So you see Palomalu more in the Dawkins he's a, yes, yes. lot? At water. Who's who's with Ed Reed? Is there anyone Charles close to Woodson, him? Rod Woodson. Like guys who were, were able to bait yeah. people. Like, you know, like to have to have a guy like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady and to be able to trick them when they study everything about their opponent is amazing. Troy Powell. Who was harder to face? Who was more difficult to face? Tom Brady or Peyton to Manning? To me in the heyday, it was Peyton Manning. Because what what Brady's all about is the, the theme of the day. They're, they're, they're scheme-specific type of quarterback. So whatever the game plan is, and you studied them the week before, you're going to get a totally different game plan because it's specific to you. But once you get the game plan, that's the game plan. It's all about execution. It's like playing Peyton Manning is he's evolving as you're playing. So you have to go into the game with Peyton Manning with two playbooks. Like, first half, we're going to play these type of defenses. Then he's going to make the adjustment. He's going to exploit it. Now we got to have something else, and we always had to have something that we saved for special situations that he's never seen to use his studying against him. So, like, for instance, like when we beat Peyton Manning in the playoffs uh, with the Jets, we had played um, – man-to-man we had played man-to-man coverage and we had a cover zero blitz where we sell everybody out but we knew that Peyton had a special play and a special check that he was going to work on all week that he was going to take advantage of that so it was a pivotal time like where the game was on the line and he was going to and we showed him the cover zero blitz never all season have we had a bluff cover zero so we had everybody up mm. and that's a thing when you played Peyton you had to save the bluff all yes. year long, just exactly. So we bluffed it, and he threw he threw a quick screen 
to not Stokely, somebody, and I made the tackle for a one-yard gain. But if we don't make that, he goes down scores, we, we lose because he was marching to win the game. But we had never showed that. When you would trick Peyton, what would his demeanor change like, at all? Is he has that, that smirk on his face. Like, it, it was a level of respect. See, because it's one thing to beat somebody physically, but to, to match up with Brady or, or Peyton mentally, that's how you get their respect. Because mm. they can say, okay, well, you just, you know, you are a young team. It was your day. You, you made some athletic plays. But they respect. That's why he always respected Ed. He always respected Ray. And he always respected a Rex Ryan defense. Because he knew it, was a, it mm. wasn't just a physical young team that's playing with a lot of energy. He knew yeah. that everybody on the team understood the game and had football acumen. Like that first team that beat Peyton with Seattle, they were just better, younger, and more physically dominant. They didn't trick him. They were covered three, and they did whatever they did. But what we did, it was a chess match. Pieces. Okay, Ed Reed's here. What does that yes. mean? Oh, yeah, Ed did it. The, the Ravens, the Ravens-Colts games were my favorite right. matchups because it was just – that it was annoying a little bit in terms of the play clock was always going to three because the offense and oh, defense shit. changed like three times every play. Do, but you just – I never saw that. Peyton would do that because what he would do is tire your defensive lineman out, get to the line and make him stand in three-point stance for 30 seconds. You know, imagine doing – And Tony Saragosa yeah, Imagine being, fa imagine being oh, fat fuck. and having to basically do a wall squat for 30 seconds. You only got a couple pass runs, you tapping out. And then what happens is as you're trying to run out because you're tired as hell, he quick snaps and catch you with 12 on the damn field. That's, that's so that's what yeah. we countered with Lobster. And what Lobster was, you fake a cramp. So as soon as you, he's trying to pull that stuff, you're like, man, I'm tired. Man, like, don't try and run out because he's going to catch you. You just fall down. Ah, my leg. Oh, my arm. Like, like hold up, man. Which leg is it? I don't know. All of them hurt. You know what I mean? And that was the game within the game. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I appreciated uh, playing more against Peyton because it mentally it stretched mm. my football acumen as far as being able to bluff the bluffer. So it's like sitting with a great poker player, and he had a poker face. He's bluffing you like you got a big hand, but he don't. And sometimes you ain't got a hand either. So it's like, who can trick who? Yeah. But it really does seem like if we're going to keep the poker analogy, it's this guy that you have no idea what hand he has any time versus a guy that has in Brady an enormous yeah. stack, and he's going to efficiently try and pound you into the table. And, and it's more of intimidation than yeah. strategy. It's death by a thousand paper cuts, right? He a dink and dunk you to yes. death. Meanwhile, you 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 going over mm -hmm. Peyton, you you talking to your coach. He's like, all right, what you got? He's like, hey man, listen, when he say yellow, that means they check into a run to the right. Like, bet, bet. So we go out there, and then the second half, you hear yellow, and it means something totally different. He's like, man, don't tell me nothing. Cause now I look I look stupid yeah. on film because you told me yellow mean this. Right. And I'm thinking that you know what you're talking about, because we listening to his cadence, you know, while we while we there, and he has switched over what the hell yellow mean because he know that we he wants us to know what yellow means. Then he's gonna switch it. Then he messed you up, mm. yellow, yellow. You're like, left, left, left. You think you're smart. And everybody go left. And, he gets like, and he's smiling. He's like, he always got that dumb look. Like, I'll punch your little Frankenstein. And Joseph Adai is. the biggest, longest Frankenstein forehead ever. You want to just punch it in the face. You know what I'm saying? And you know what's another thing that's crazy about Peyton, right? And Brady. <laughs> sure. As we learn more about them, it's weird because Brady's the handsome one. He's the one with the supermodel wife, so he got the cool clothes because she dresses him up. Peyton comes off as the dork, but he's actually the funny, cool one. He's the joke. He's the one with the funny jokes. He's the one that pulling yeah, pranks on everybody. He's the one that you want to hang with. He's funny as hell. When you look at what he did, like 
hosting um hosting like Saturday Night Live. You SNL. look at what he does with ESPN yeah. and some of those things. He is naturally like just funny as hell and talented. And when you see them together in a golf, you realize that Peyton's actually the one that's kind of like the one that can give Brady shit. And Brady got no comebacks because Peyton's so damn witty and funny. So he's like the funny guy, like he's like Finch and like funny, you know what I mean? What all that made me realize about Peyton was when he won with Denver, I for a long time was like that team carried him, that team carried him. It wasn't that impressive, blah, blah, blah. But I'm realizing like Peyton carried that indie team for a decade. It was about time that somebody carried him. And to kind of hear that, it made me realize like it was bullshit that Peyton was seen as a playoff loser to the Patriots when he like – Brady's throwing for 220 and Peyton's trying to do it by himself on the Yeah, nothing. But the difference is too, and what Peyton has to take credit for is he took all the cheese off the taco. Because you think about Brady, he always left some for help and for, for the team to have flexibility, where Peyton was making sure he got every single dime. And you've just set yourself up for a whammy. Oh. I want to take everybody back to last year during the offseason where me and Bart Scott were having one of our epically fun podcasts and the conversation of Patrick Mahomes came up, who recently got a $503 million contract over 10 years and some say left too much. So much they were able to re-sign Chris Jones. But let me replay this video for you of Bart Scott's take on Patrick Mahomes. Hey, man, it's Lefko. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be the next great quarterback that we've ever seen in the NFL. Now it's Bart Scott. I don't know, man. I think the NFL is going to figure him out, and he's going to fall back to earth next season. And I am here to gloat, yes. Bart. I am here to take gloat. Take your victory lap, and you deserve it. And Patrick yes. Mahomes, listen – but what did they do? They surrounded him with so many talented players. Is he the best player that got in the league right now? Yes, he is. But when we really see what the magic of Patrick Mahomes is, is when the Joe Flacco effect takes, takes, takes uh, flight. Now, he did leave money, and he only got a $10 million um, signing bonus so that they could have money to give Chris Jones $37 million this year. But we know already what has happened. Because they signed Mahomes, because they signed Chris Jones, that means no more Sammy Watkins, right? But they, That's they, they okay. have you know Herman. Why? Yeah, they you know have why? Herman, right? Exactly. And so, so they've been doing that. But what happens is it's going to continue to happen. And is he, a, is he a great quarterback? Yes. But his greatness is going to be proven when he carries players that we've never heard of, like Aaron Rodgers, like Peyton Manning, like Russell Wilson has been forced to do since he took all the cheese off the taco. But – I believe, I believe like what you just said, there are different stages in quarterbacks' careers. There's the first four years of I'm not getting paid that much, so the team around me is great, so I have a lot yeah. of help. Then there's the next four years of prove it. Then there's the four years after that where it's like if you're with a good organization, then this should be like your, your third prime. The second one, though, your second prime, the second one, it's, it's really a lot on you. and. That's like, and there's different people. So in that first stage, we've had Russell Wilson. We've had Ben Roethlisberger. We've had certain quarterbacks that very early exactly. on were able to take advantage of it. He got, it. He, he, he got through his first. When he got to the second, he didn't live up to the billing. When he lost Antoine Bowden, right. he wasn't able to do it. The second stage is when you get the ones that are just truly great that are able to do it. Then that's, that's when the Brady's start winning, the Manning start Drew winning. Brady. That's when Aaron Rodgers won his, Drew Brees. Um, and I think 
Russell right now is entering that, like Russell Wilson, I think is entering that third. Um, but I think he's met it and he's exceeded yeah. expectations for a lot of people. Um, but I, I look at that with Mahomes and I go, he is dominating that first agent like anybody yeah, else. Is. MVP well, year one, Super Bowl year two. It's one guy. It's one guy that can imitate exactly what Mahomes did. And let's see what he does this year because Eric DeCoste. You're going to say Kyler's Eric, at Eric that Eric Oh, Lamar. Has done a great job in giving him weapons. The DuVernay guy. Uh, you got you got Hollywood. The fact that they were able to get Miles Boykins, yeah, they got Boykins, last year. That they, we were, they were able to get Dobbins. So Mark Andrews, Dobbins, Ingram. Right. Uh, I love and all of them. Now they got backs. true leaders. See, it's one way you can lose in Baltimore. You can be outsmarted. You can be outschemed. What you can't do in Baltimore is get your ass beat physically. And when they went against the Tennessee Titans, that defense mm. got beat physically. That was Earl, Dom Earl Thomas's most embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. he's talking all that stuff. He pushed him in the back of the head. See, but what I'm saying is, what did the Ravens go do? They understand it. That's unacceptable. That's not acceptable. Not only for the Ravens, it's not. It's unacceptable for the alumni. So what they did is they turned the fifth round. I swear to God, Ravens alumni are like alumni from the yeah. U. You guys are like, the like, same. You're like, if you're gonna be on our team, you gotta have a certain. Like, hold up, bro. Hold up. You, you let, I don't care how big he is. Ask Eddie George. How big was Eddie George? We knocked the hell out of him. I don't care if Derrick Henry big. Y'all should chop him down like a bad tree. What the hell going on here? We don't lose that way. That was disrespectful. That was embarrassing. That's like being embarrassing to your ancestors. Like it's like being for Wakanda. Mm. And you, embarrassed the, you embarrassed the whole tribe. Like, yeah, it was cool that you guys had all these great, you know, because what happened is the Ravens built their team. So you, lo you love getting Calais Campbell and moves and like that. Right. And listen, how did they get Calais Campbell? They got Calais Campbell with a, a punter, a fifth, a fifth round pick, a punter from punter that's not even in the league. They suckered, they suckered, a, they they suckered a punter that couldn't make it in the league for a fifth round pick. And you like Derek Wolf too, yeah, because huh. he's like he, Derek Wolf to me fills the Baltimore Ravens Wolfie. last twenty year quota. The white, the white overachieving um, tackle, but he's not Kelly yes. Gray. You know who he is? He's Justin Bannon. Oh, I was going to say, uh, who there was another D end uh, in the early 2000s for the Ravens. Yeah, but but he's Justin Bannon. They, they, if you look up Justin Bannon, they are made exactly alike. And who's Justin Bannon? Right. The, the, Justin the, Bannon. the crazy white guy defensive lineman for Baltimore. But, is but, it's, awesome. but it's how he's built. He, he's got to be built like an underachiever. So he's got to be like 280, 285. He's got to be athletic and he got to be like, like built like Nick Mangold. If you look at Derek Woods, he's built, and if you look at Bannon, I bet you their measurables are exactly the same. And who's Justin, Justin Bannon was basically, he basically was Justin Smith. He was a cheap man's Justin Smith up there in, in San Francisco. Mm. So basically what they did is now they're tough. So now they had to get their Ray Lewis, right? Because they missed C.J. Mosley. I was going to say they drafted two linebackers got, this year that had to make what it they happy. Get, they got a thumper. Who people are like, man, he's not that good. Why to get him? He's serving a purpose. He's who Malik Harrison? Yeah. So he's the guy. So he's yeah. the guy that's going to be to the bubble. That he's me. He's Ed Hartwell. He's Jamie Sharper. Mm. He's the guy that's coming in that's willing to jump on a grenade so Patrick Queen can make all the damn tackles and don't have to get no smoke. Limited smoke for Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen, your job is to run sideline to sideline and hit everything that moves. Mm. And, and Harrison, Harrison's I job is make sure that he strengthens his neck because he's going to have a lot of night-night moments inside of holes. Are you just, like, 
are there, are there times where you look at the, at that franchise and it's I mean we talk about the Patriots and all that, but the sustained success of the Ravens is really incredible. Yeah, you have to put the Ravens up there with the Steelers, the Giants yeah. at times, San Francisco when they – I don't know. I think the Giants have yeah, lost. Yeah, they have. That. They have. And this is an Eagles fan, but, like, it's been, like, yeah, five they've years. they've lost their way. They've lost their way because what happened is they tried to become modern and they forgot who they were and how their organization has forever been built. You know, the Ravens went away from it, too, when they tried to be an offensive team and go through Joe Flacco and let great defensive players walk away. Now they're trying to get back to that, and they're trying to do it at the same time as ushering in a, a generational talent that th- this league has never seen. It's tough, though. Like, I think about, like, the Saints had one of the greatest runs of defenses ever in the late 80s, early right. 90s, and then now they're, like, offense right. only. But, but their defense is respectable, right? They, you know, yeah. so it's, like, balance there. Where it's not like the it's not like the the Colts where it was all offense and Dwight Freeney and Mathis and Bob Sanders. So you're on. You compared though earlier. You think Lamar is neck and neck with no, no. Mahomes. What I'm saying is he has the opportunity to have the mm. same resume. First year, get some start, play well, turn the franchise wide around, make them say, you know what, this is no longer Joe. Yeah, Flacco's Pat Mahomes team. sat the first year. Lamar was playing wide receiver. Yeah, but but remember, Joe Flacco got hurt. He came in, yeah. and, or Joe, oh, Joe Flacco, amazing. they heard him on purpose because they're like, you, you suck it. So then Lamar came and created a spark, went to the playoffs. Second year, MVP. Mahomes, second year, MVP. Mm. If, with the roster and the talent that he has, it's different. Lamar dominates more with his legs, obviously. But if you would compare, like, the, the, the dominance of Mahomes with his arm, to me it's equal to Lamar's dominance with his legs. So, like, you would mm. say – See, but that's my thing is, in the end, I trust the I trust the not sustainable. Uh, listen, I'm not – listen. Yes. That's, that's okay, what, okay, what okay, I'm okay. saying is, what happens if Lamar comes in and they basically – you would say Lamar had a better first year, just like because he because he took him to his team to the playoffs. And he came in, he dominated, and he struggled. I mean, no, that's not – I wouldn't do that at all. Mahomes took the, the – they were one offsides away from going to the Super Bowl in the AFC Championship year? game. Lamar hasn't won a playoff game. Okay, yeah. well, well, okay, so, okay, so you'll say Mahomes. Second year, you can say that's about the same. They both dominated. They both MVP. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, you're no, 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 no. Lamar wins the first year. Right, I'm sorry. Right, That's all I'm saying. That's all. Lamar played more. Right, that's yes. what I'm saying. He played okay. more, right, because he sat behind Alex. And then, you know, so he didn't win the playoffs. So if you go second. But I would take Mahomes' MVP over Lamar's MVP. Of course. Of course. So that's tied up, right? But if Lamar takes his team to the Super Bowl in the third year like, like Mahomes, then what wow. are we saying? What are we talking about? Are we talking about – Is that what you're hearing down there, that it's just still that level? I, I think it is. And I think that when you look at Lamar, his running, you don't compare his running style – to Cam Newton, where you, you're afraid that no he's going to get hurt because nobody touches him. Where Cam was trying to run people over, he's getting down like Russell Wilson. Lamar's got a lot better Yeah, and, and he, yeah. Runs like, he runs like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson gets out and he gets out of harm's way and he knows when to give up. And I think Lamar is learning yeah. how to give up. I, I think Lamar is like Vic, but runs smarter. And I think that Kyler is like Russell. Oh. Kyler and Russell both have that baseball yeah, they're both kind of thick. where they like feel the tag and they like yeah. slide they down. They go like, limp noodle, just oh, you got. It. See, but Kyler, like, oh, he he gets me excited. So, 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 just imagine if Lamar wins the championship. The difference is they're going to have to pay Lamar the same way. But Lamar has enough humility where I think Lamar would say, "I'll wait another year 
But if I'm the Ravens, I might go ahead and give him that same Lamar. I'll give him the same Mahomes deal because that'll allow you not to sign, not to sign. Uh, it'll allow you to sign maybe Judon. You see what I'm saying? Right. So you say, so you say, Lamar, here's a half a billion. And what you want to do is you want to buy his first and second free agency up. That's what. That's essentially what. What. That's essentially what they did because people can say whatever they want. Eli Manning made three hundred million dollars. See, that's you brought up Judon, Judon, and that's sometimes I look at people's moves as uh, highlighting for me the parts of their team that they think is yeah. weak. And the fact that the Ravens, I, I brought it up multiple times, had Michael Brocker signed and then some physical got failed, and he said, you know what? No, I'm going to re sign with the Rams. But the Ravens showed me there that they were like, we need another yeah. guy. Like they went out to get it. And so, because, you know, I still do have that Titans game in my yeah. head. See, and I and I do remember the Chiefs running all over the tight all over the Ravens. And I like there were some teams that, but that's why they went and got linebackers. It was, it was more, it was but, more interior. Know. It was more the fact that they didn't have the five techniques to be able to set the edges from the inside. Judah and Calais Campbell is such a, a franchise in a, in, a, in a leader. You know who he is for. See, so this is the thing, right? The Ravens keep the same game plan of who they are. And if I tell you, like when I'm telling you that he's bad, he's Justin Bannon. They see him as Justin Bannon. And right. when I tell you that they see Calais Campbell as Trevor Price, they see him as wow. Trevor Price. They're going to utilize him the same way. Trevor Price, to me, was a legendary Madden player that I never fucking saw highlights of right. ever. In Madden, he was a 98, like, every yeah. year. And then I was like, I guess he's good. He's this 98 on Denver, but I, I've never seen him get a then sack. With us, he got, he got, remember, with us, he got 13 and a half from the interior. See, so when they see him, they see long guy that can do the we used to call it the long grip. And so Baltimore just collects. Yeah, so basically he like basically that. he's Kiesel. For, so Pittsburgh would see, because the Pittsburgh does the same thing that the Ravens do is how they build their defense. They see him as Kiesel. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is I I okay, let, I'm enjoying this Ravens talk. I haven't talked about football like yeah. this in a long time. The AFC North to me, there's three divisions that I good luck. The NFC yeah. West with Seattle, Arizona, the Rams, and San Francisco. Um, and the, the NFC North is the other side. I don't believe in yeah. any of them. The, the South to me is like Bucks and Saints and everybody yeah. else. But the, the AFC North, I believe that the Steelers are the team that no one's thinking yeah. about that has arguably the best defense in the NFL with Big Ben yeah. coming back. And, and I love this kid, Chase Claypool, out of Notre Dame to be his new Plaxico yeah. Burris. Like, that's how I'm seeing it. The Ravens are the it team, other than the Chiefs. The Browns, I think uh, everybody no, is sleeping on. Say, is this their year? Is this their year they become Jacksonville? Is a prize and I'm telling you, they're loading up on tight ends and fullbacks because they're like, Baker, if we play heavy sets, like, just put out Odell and Jarvis and let's load it yeah. up. Like I love well, that. The two tight ends, but the problem is they have one tight end that was in, in Joku. He, yeah, but even if he's gone, they still got yeah. two because they went out and signed Hooper and they have enough, and they got Vital. But yeah, if Joku could just realize how they're going to use, yeah, him. because they, they'll, they'll but, use him. So when I look at them and what they're capable of doing with Hooper, even though he's not like Gronk, he, he's not a great blocker like Gronk. The toughest set that I ever had to go against, or the toughest offensive personnel I ever had to go against was the uh, the Patriots when they had Algie Crumpler, Hernandez, and they had Gronk. Because you don't know how to match up against wow. that. Because if you 
And that's kind of how the Ravens play. They would go three that's tight the, ends and Gronk and Hernandez would also That's how the Ravens team. play. See, so what happened? That's why they have four yeah, tight you ends. And you don't know how to match up with it, right? Because if they – that's why, to me, the games are won right now by tight ends, linebackers, and yep. safeties. Whoever who and, and running backs. That's where the game is won. And, and if you can get guys that are multiple, if you can get a Kittle, if you can get like a, a, a true safety that can do yeah, everything. Or a, that's, like, why, that's why Tyron no. Matthews is important. That's why Jamal Adams yes. is important. Mika Fitzpatrick is important. Yes. Derwin James. Those type of players that can kind of be that – dying backer that Eric Berry type. Malcolm Jenkins was like that for the yeah. last few so years. So back to my Lamar thing, right? Where where Judon would if, if Lamar does this, they pay him, but I don't know if it's for Judon. Because Judon is good, but he's not great. He 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 reminds me of Olivier yeah. Vernon. He's a guy that may have some of the numbers, but he he doesn't give you that special. You're not game plan. Right, for him. exactly. He gets it because they blitz a lot and he gets more opportunities for one-on-ones. And now that people know who he is, it's going to be more difficult. Right. He has more help inside. But for me, if I'm the Ravens and I got to pay somebody that, that, that uh, Chris Jones money, I'm looking at Barrett because he didn't get paid. He's going to be unhappy. But mm. the, the guy that reminds me of a Raven is Yannick Ngakwe. Dude, so when the news came out that apparently the Jaguars have been offered um, – all uh, pro bowlers from last year. I put together a list of who were the possible Jets, guys that were on Jets, pro bowl Jets, rosters. Jets. So, and I, I said, because, you know, the, the, the term pro bowler is so loose. Like who the hell even knows who was in the pro bowl yeah. last year. And here were the names that I came up with. Jet, Jamal Adams, because contract dispute, you trade two unhappy guys, you get one year out of them. Matt Judon, because he's coming up on the contract, and so maybe you just do the upgrade and, and figure that out now. Dalvin Cook was another guy I said, because I think Minnesota needs another pass rusher. Everson Griffin's still a free agent. Yeah. You got Daniil Hunter, and it's, they know, you know. They know they can sign Everson Griffin, like, once camp star. He doesn't get the numbers that he needs. He and and I look, I, lo I usually love running backs, but I don't think Dalvin Cook is that much better than Alexander Madison. Yeah. I think Dalvin Cook is Dalvin great. Dalvin Cook is Devontae Freeman. He runs with that style, but can he stay healthy? Like, he's going to have a good four-year haven't run, seen it. But we don't know if he can stay healthy. Jack Doyle of the Colts, they have they, they got a, a bunch of new tight ends there. And I could also see they need another pass rusher. They went out and traded for DeForest Buckner. Cordaro Patterson, because he was a, a, a pro bowler. And Xavier Rhodes. So I went back to the Vikings three? again. But Because you got to give up a lot. No, no, but I'm just saying maybe one. No, you got to give up more than that. I mean, I think the only – to me, the only one for the only oh, yeah. one for one – in that list that you just named for me, the one for one, the only one for one Jamal. is Jamal, and that's because he is able to impact your game, and you have you have him under contract for two years. You don't have to pay him. Do you do you understand why Jamal is reacting the way that he is? I haven't heard your takes on this on the mm -hmm. radio because, like, I I tried to sympathize and and understand him as a person, and like when New York starts calling you greedy, it's a lot, yeah. man. It's like he's trying to be the squeaky wheel because he wants to get paid early. Um, and he wants to reset the market, but really what he needs to understand that the team can't really do that because they're a year away. So they don't want to spend early money. Yeah. They'd rather do it next year. They you have know, a lot. What he doesn't, what he doesn't realize. And I, I would say this to him in person is when he came out, they were taken, like, think about all the photos. It was like Mahomes, Watson, um, McCaffrey, Jamal Adams. Yeah. But I don't think these players realize that, like, unless you're a quarterback, 
Nobody fucks with you, man. Yeah. Like, it's the harsh reality of the, the NFL. The impact of a safety isn't the same as a pass rusher. You just don't have that same effect. You don't affect the other layers and other levels where, where yeah. Yannick affects the linebacker core. He'll, 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 because he got, he holds the double teams because they got to double him. Or no one on the Jets is getting nothing until Sam gets paid. That's well, like until they figure out what they're going to do with see, that. This is what Jamal needs to understand. And this is what being the highest paid player in a position means nothing. It's not about how much you get paid, it's how frequently you get paid. That's why Rebus was smart because he's Thank able, you. the market's always changing and evolving. So, Jamal, if you get paid now, Mika Fitzpatrick will be a higher paid player than you in six months. Derwin James in, in eight months would be a higher paid player than you. What you want them to do is set the market because after, after those three, there's no other transcendent safeties that can say I'm as good as them. So, so let yeah. them go they first. need to create like a two year bubble where they each keep replacing right. each other. So, but like all the agents need to get together and figure that the thing out. Is, one year, one year you, you, you wait, you're going to get an annual of maybe two to three more million dollars annually because it's going to be moved up and, and potentially the salary cap would be higher. So really, if I'm Jamal, yes. I'm telling Jamal, wait, bro, because guess what? Guess what's happening for the Jets next year? They're going to take Brian Winter's money off the books at like seven million. They're going to take Avery Williamson seven million off the books. The Quincy and Nuwa non-football injury, nine million dollars a year is going to be off the books. You look, you, you look at Le'Veon Bell, they're going to cut Le'Veon Bell after this year, it's going to be off the books. That's going to be like, what's that, like $37 million off the books? All that can go to you and Sam Darnold. Bro, just mm -hmm. relax, because what they can't do is pay Jamal now, because if they open the books for him, because the Jets have been so bad for three years, then it's going to set a precedent for them paying people after year three. So what's going to happen when Quentin Williams say, hey, I had one year, a good year in three years. I'm a top 10 pick. I want to be treated like Jamal. My feelings are hurt. What are you going to do when Makai Becton says the same thing? Sam Darnold says the same thing. So you can't open up Pandora's box because they do it for you. Right. If other people replicate what you did and become pro bowls or pro. Hold on. So it's easy to talk about economics like that, about taking small contracts. Cause we, we said that uh, people have said that about LeBron take one year contracts, get 40 million, go wherever the I hell you want. Did. You I can change did. the whole market. But my, my question though is in NFL, and in a world right now with coronavirus, where I'm looking at Derrick Henry and I go, you just took half of the guaranteed money as Christian McCaffrey. And I, and I'm, I, but I'm thinking like, man, they're just trying to get these checks because we don't know what's going to happen right now. That mindset though, of not having the security or, or having the guaranteed money, how do you like, is that realistic? Yeah, well, here's Jamal's thinking. Here's the counterpoint of why Jamal wants to get paid now. Jamal, unlike Minka Fitzpatrick, unlike Derwin James, doesn't play with range and play in, in a lot of uh, on the hashes, deep middle. He's by the box blitzing. He's in traffic. He's in the box. He's Ronnie Lott. He's Palomalu. So what happens is right. the more contact, the more chance for injury. Jamal Adams' dad, who played running back for the Giants, had a yeah. knee injury, never got his cheese. So – Jamal could be thinking, I need to get my cheese now while I'm an all-pro. Totally get it. Because guess what? It's going to be hard for Jamal to become a pro bowler this year. Not because he may not win. I mean, not because he may not be good. They may not win enough games and be in, a, in big, big enough games for him to outseed Mika Fitzpatrick, who's going to be on a playoff game. Devin McCourty. Devin McCourty. But Derwin James, is, to me, is the, 
Derwin James, There's three Derwin right James there. reminds me of something. Kevin Bayard of the Titans got in last year, so he's still in right. people's he was, minds. Derwin, and Derwin James coming back to reclaim, he was an all-pro as a rookie, right? If I recall. So he can, yes, so he he can come back to reclaim his spot. Well, what does that do? That leaves Jamal on the outside looking in. That's why I hate allocating so much money to these stupid fucking all 22 teams where it's like, can we just do like a tiered system where we're like, these are the four guys that played at that level. And it, cause the, it's, it's voted on by the media and I don't even trust 90% of them that they're even watching or they know what they're talking about. And like, I wouldn't be qualified to vote and, and the coaches are going to vote for their own players. Cause they probably you get have, bonuses. You have if former players on there. You should have a for, former player panel who can break it down, guys who you respect. But here's another thing for Jamal, too, and why his numbers may drop. You also got the two safeties on the Bills, uh, Poyer and Micah Hyde, that are ballers. Point, and they're going to be in meaningful games, right? And so here's the, here's the problem, yeah. like, uh, for Jamal. Now that they know he's disgruntled. You didn't even say Tyron Matthew. Like, think about all yeah. these guys. So they, might, they, may, they may slow Jamal. Justin they Simmons. May, they may slow Jamal down. And you say, how do you slow Jamal down? Well, the reason why Jamal is so dynamic is because Greg Williams uses him appropriately. He uses him as a bully. But to me, if you look at the skill set, I would say and argue that Marcus May is a more complete safety. Mm -hmm. And I think he's more in the Ed Reed mode. I think that he could do what Jamal does, but because Jamal does what he does so well, they allow Jamal to stay in his comfort zone. I mean, you think about the size, Marcus May and Jamal is probably about the same size, same speed. Mm. And I think what Greg Williams does is he shares the wealth this year because he doesn't want Jamal maybe potentially to go into negotiations with such gaudy sack numbers. Remember, Jamal just got his first if, interception last couple, last couple of years, and it's because Jared Stidham, you know, was the quarterback and he was serving up, serving up uh, hand grenades. He was throwing hand grenades. We're gonna hold. We're gonna do three more minutes because then we have to go. We already went over. All right, here. All right hold on, hold on one second. I think I got the UPS at my door. Give me one second. Yeah. Are you serious? What's that? Oh no, we still live. Okay. You've been live the whole time. Oh, let's go. Okay. Oh no, do you really need to go no, get I it? I think I think I hear him knocking on the door. I'll go get it. Go get Give it. Me go one get second. It. Okay. Uh. I mean, I didn't have to prepare at all for this, Ingber. It's it's just nonstop. I'm back. All right, you're in the. You know, we always go over. Um, I don't even know why you even put a time limit on us. You know, you had to cut this shit. No, it's because I'm trying to get better at not doing hour and a half podcasts. (laughs) Because I know that people look at their phone and they're like, uh, like ninety yeah, minutes. Yeah, megabytes. But that's how you. Um, that's how you know you got. Oh yeah, my phone is jacked up. That's how you know you got to tease them and you got to give them like ninety. It's an hour and a half, but you give them like two minutes clips. You give them twenty five thousand clips to pick from. Oh yeah, that's what they'll get on social media. Like that's how that works. Um, but the let's let's end with a little conversation about the Stidham Cam conversation uh, situation. Yeah. Because I'm starting to, I came in and went, here comes Cam, gonna blow it out the yeah. water. And I think he will. 
but I also have a theory about what Bill Belichick is doing. I think number one, the value of what Cam was available for at that time of the year, it's the ultimate pickup. And every team that needed a quarterback should be embarrassed because the value was that good. If we're looking at stocks, that was an incredible value for Cam Newton. And the motivation that comes with it's amazing. But I also think, and I'm talking to some people, where I could tell there's still a lot of belief about Stidham and about, about what he can be. And your face means that you're on the other <laughs> side. But here's my theory. Let's say Stidham does have potential. You know what the great, the smart thing about doing this, if they do believe in him too, is if Cam works out and he's not that great, then we go with Cam. Like a former MVP, like this could be great. We could build an offense around him. Let's say they go to Cam and Stidham beats out Cam. That's the best case scenario. But let's say he's not ready. Now you're not putting the pressure of making Stidham be the guy after yep. Brady. Cam Newton will never be the guy after Brady. He's just Cam right. Newton. Like, the issue of Cam Newton being the backup, it's now not an issue at all because he's the buffer. Frank Sinatra just sang karaoke. Let this other guy go up and then bring up this impressionable guy that has no idea what he's getting himself Absolutely. into. Because in the first five weeks, there's a game in Seattle in prime time, in Kansas City in prime time. If you think Stidham's the guy, and let's hold him out for the first five or six and let Cam Newton handle yeah. it, great. And then, if, if let's say Stidham is the guy, you go to the playoffs, now you're playing a Chiefs team that's never seen Jared Stidham before. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you think, do I don't think, think Mahomes that, is worried about that. I think Mahomes... I think Mahomes yeah. like, hey, listen, I'm used to dealing with Tom Brady. I would welcome yeah. a duel with Jared Stidham. But yes. to, to, to your point, yes. I think the value was just too good. And Cam also offers what Josh McDaniels has wanted, an opportunity to modernize the offense for the Patriots and bring him into the new Do city. we think Cam will execute fully? Because there are moments in Cam's career of the moving away from contact. And if you're going to be running an offense, which I imagine is going to have a lot of exchanges, and it's going to be he's going to be the central part of it, He's going to have to hold it a lot. Yeah, but we're, we're, go we're going to see Jacoby Brissett game plan where he came in. We're going to see that type of offense. We know that they have those concepts, and that really opens right. everything up for Edelman. But also now it gives you opportunity with these big, massive receivers to give Cam that catch radius from the receivers that he's used to throwing to. When you think about Funches, you think about DJ Moore. He's used to throwing to bigger targets and allowing them the 50-50 balls because Cam can buy time. You know, Cam – I think, interesting, right? The whole six degrees of separation. I think, you know, maybe the Patriots are able to take advantage of having Cam, and if Cam balls out and becomes an MVP, it's a real conversation. Do you pay Cam to be your quarterback for the next five years, understanding that you can't trust him, but understanding that if you give yourself an out, you can continue to develop Stidham like you were doing Jimmy G and always have your insurance policy in the back pocket and not allowing the rest of the league to see there. How, how soon do we how soon do you think we'll figure out if Cam and Belichick and Josh McDaniels can get along? Preseason training camp throughout I think, like deep, I think like, immediate. I think they'll coach him hard and I think Cam understands what he's there for and Cam can see himself, I think, 
being able to get the last laugh, be able to win in a division Oof. where he doesn't fear any quarterback in that division. Just think he had to go, he had to go through Jameis. He had to go through Matt Ryan. He had to go through Drew Brees. This got to be a, a, a cakewalk thinking I got to go through Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, and, um, and Tua, Tua, Tua Valoa, Tua, Tua Valoa, right? So you got to say, well, Tui, whatever. I, I chopped it up. Tua, 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 <laughs> Oh, that's like that's like when uh, Rick Ross, he, how he said. The crazy that. thing is, I had it down packed during draft time, but I ain't said it in a long time, so I'm a little rusty. But <laughs> listen, the six degrees of separation, and what I would watch for, and listen, they call me Barstow Diamonds, but nobody ever gives me credit when it happens. Cam Newton. Okay, we're documenting right Cam now. Cam Newton. And now Barstow Diamonds. Cam Newton. I would probably say a fifty percent chance next year is to quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Because just, just think what we're saying. So for the 2021 yes. season. So just, just think. Dak Prescott's going to want upwards of 35 to $40 million, right? Cam Newton, probably because he... Especially after Dak balls right. this year. I'm just letting everybody know he's going right. to ball. And, and, but if they don't go far in the playoffs because they, they run into an improvement, because all they care about is yeah, they, they run into an improved like Saints team in a wild card game because Brady or they run into a Tom Brady in a playoff game or Aaron Rodgers and they can't get it done. Then it's like, yeah, or anybody in the West. Right. So yeah. but, but if you look at Cam, Cam's already had his one big contract. So does Cam really care about making $40 million? Will Cam take $35 million, $100 million guaranteed? for the next probably so right because he's going from making one million to once again securing a bag and if it has a hundred million dollars in guarantees at 35 million dollars at 31 years old i would take that and if you're dallas would you want a healthy cam newton over a dak prescott with ezekiel elliott in there doing what he does see see cam embraces i would take dak prescott see, right cam now. embraces who he is i wouldn't because i think Dak's ceiling is never going to be as high as Cam Newton. The problem is you always have to worry about is can he stay healthy? But if you put Cam right. Newton on the Dallas Cowboys right now, I would probably make them the favorite to be in this championship game. I think we're going to end right here because I, I would take Dak over Cam right now. Oh, it's a healthy, close. A, a healthy, a healthy you, Cam. That's true. I haven't seen healthy Cam in a few years. Right, so, so you know like, you do. Man, because when he in that 2015, and then Ezekiel Elliott, but then he has, but he, but three, he has three I mean. number one, that's what he I has mean. three number one receivers. came out in 2016, Cam came out in 2012. I got, but but you, but you see what I'm saying? Now you have three, he has, he will have three weapons and Lamb. You have to put a safety in the box with Ezekiel Elliott and Cam holding the backside because Dak doesn't run. Cam will keep and pull that yeah. thing. So now Dallas is legitimate. So not a running game, so not a running game gets better. And now you give Cam one-on-one -on -one targets to throw to all who can beat one-on-one -on -one coverage by themselves. I would take Cam Newton because of the ability to run. And he has a stronger arm. Let me say this. I would take Cam Newton because Cam Newton on the Cowboys would Just be like magic. the most electric he, he would, he, thing he, he, he would bring. Could you imagine him all, after the years of T.O. doing this on a star? Can you imagine Cam going to the star pulling out the Superman? Oh man, he just he walks out on the field with like a cowboy hat and like a thing of straw coming out. Press conference oh. with the cowboy boots. Man, Bart Scott, always a good time. Uh, social is is it at Bart? The real Bart. The real Bart Scott.
And I think I think the bar Scott, I don't really know. I have to ask my publicist. It's the uh, I think you were talking about my Twitter, Bart Scott 57, whatever that is. Yes. Do you say that? Oh. But the real Bart Scott, Instagram. You yeah, the on. real Bart Scott is the Instagram. You're the man. Uh, 33% hit a moment to love. Appreciate you. Uh-huh.